Hello, you cool cats and kittens. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining. Remember that? Tiger. Uh, That's still a thing. <laughs> Tiger King. Is that still a thing? Yeah, they came that. out of the season two. Oof, gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw like Making a Murderer season two, and that's that wasn't that good. So I imagine Tiger King two can't be very good either. Because the problem with those kinds of shows with Netflix side tangent is that the first season's so good because it's an actual documentary, and then the second right. season is always about how Netflix made it a big thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, but anyway. this is uh, still season one of the Resistance broadcast. I'm John, so thank you to everybody for joining us. <laughs> the longest us. season ever. <laughs> yeah, the, we haven't had this, the bad season two yet. They just don't know when to end it. It's just like, it just keeps dragging on. The storylines like aren't the really going dead. anywhere. We're the Walking Dead of Star Wars podcasts. And we're going <laughs> oh, like to be zombies. Guiding by the end Light of or one of those like, Days of Our Lives. <laughs> yeah, Days of Our Lives. Or Grey's well, Anatomy Star Wars or something. Is a, Star Wars is a soap opera, so I guess that works a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm John. That's James. That's Lacey, as always. Uh, and we're here to talk about the latest in Star Wars news mm-hmm. and give our takes on what's going on. Uh, but before we do that, um, we have to announce a new winner of our Bandai giveaway. Uh, so we had a Star Wars Celebration exclusive Ronin Mandalorian Beskar armor and Grogu figure set. Uh from the wonderful folks over there at Bandai Namco. And we announced the winner on the podcast and the person didn't show up. So you got to listen to the show. You got to <laughs> listen. So let's see if this person will contact us. I think they will because I think this person is a listener. So our new winner who will thank the last person for not claiming their prize is Dakota Latusic at DLatusic12 on Twitter. Dakota congratulations my man you have won that incredible item so do us a favor shoot us an email at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com with your name address and phone and we'll get that out to you as soon as possible uh in time for season three of the mandalorian which is coming out next year so we'll be sure to get that to you before that uh but congratulations and thanks to everybody who did enter that that was a while ago now but um hopefully we have a winner. If not, we'll pick someone else. Um, all right. what? Let's just get into it, guys, right? We're going like, to talk about the news, and then we can get chatty about it. We already talked about uh, bad TV shows, so I think we warmed yeah. up pretty well. <laughs> so, James, what's going on in Star Wars, man? It's the Resistance. Oh, man, what's going on in Star Wars this week is, well, it's kind of been going on for a little while. We have been talking, even during our Kenobi recaps, about this weird kind of rumor or thing about how Reva was uh, originally killed off and they changed the ending, and, and there was a lot of confusion around it. And it actually looks like, and I feel like this is kind of unprecedented, kind of a weird thing that happened here, but uh, the direct was able, the, the website, the direct was able to get a hold of one of the writers of Kenobi uh, that was involved in the process at some point and uh, get them for an interview. And uh, Stuart Beatty is the person who actually uh, created uh, Riva. Uh, as as they say, she was my creation. I created Reva all the way through. Uh, they get into all the details of the original plan of where I wanted to take this character, even things about how they created the character and then later saw Trilla from Fallen Order. And they're like, oh, dang, that's kind of similar. So, you know, they changed things up. Um, all to be said, too, that this was uh, part of a draft that was even for the Kenobi movie so it goes back that far um there's a lot to be said here so <laughs> let's just get talking about it john um what are your thoughts on this you know character development uh before we even got to seeing the character on screen yeah so it's it is cool that reva was something that was cooked up back when this was a movie which means we're talking years ago mm-hmm. 2017 um, yeah, yeah, predating Jedi Fallen Order. So people think because it came out now, Kenobi ripped off the game. That's not the case. It's just when things are made and things come out and stuff like that. So yeah, she's been she's been in the idea uh, mix for five six years now. Um, 
I have to say, and I don't think this is going to be a popular take, I like all of his ideas better for this character. Um, almost, almost all of them anyway. Um, it did seem to me that they either flipped something or did something at the end of, you know, quote unquote, season one of Kenobi to leave an open ending for her. Um, but again, th- this, this whole thing with Reva, it bangs that drum I've been banging for a while, which is Star Wars has a villain problem. And there's a reason why we keep bringing Palpatine back. We keep bringing Vader back. And when we do have a cool villain like Kylo Ren, he comes, becomes good again. And then he dies. Uh, <laughs> Darth Vader became good. He died. But, you know, anytime Snoke was around for, for a cup of coffee, he, he got killed. And then we'll see what happens with, um, uh, what's his name from uh, Mandalorian? Oh, I don't know why I'm forgetting his Moff name. Moff Gideon? Yeah, Moff Gideon. So, he kind of fizzled out. Look what, like, they made Hux a goof in The Last Jedi. Star Wars has a villain problem, uh, pretty significantly in my opinion. And I thought Reva was going to be the answer to that. And they're like, nah, um, redemption time again. So, I'm getting a little tired of, like, that every villain needs to be redeemed in Star Wars. At least it feels like that lately. Yo, dog, um, you like which, redemption? Because I got some redemption for yeah. your redemption with a little bit of redemption. <laughs> Is that yeah. not still the story here, though? No, well, sort of, right? Yeah. Because she sort of helps Obi-Wan in a way, and, and yeah, but she ends up getting killed. I, I just... I, I just need them to to give me a more straight-laced, straight-on villain. Give me someone to hate for, and be happy that, that they meet their demise. Yeah, for anybody you know? that, that doesn't know the story, just to really breeze over the top, it, it's that she was under the impression since she was a kid that Anakin, in fact, was the one that was going around killing people. So even though she doesn't die, she's like, oh, man, the Jedi, that Anakin guy... All that, that was crazy. And the Jedi really were trying to throw over, overthrow everything. And then she meets yep. Vader and he's awesome because he's obviously against the Jedi too. So she's That Jedi been... part you just added from this though. Because in what? the show, she didn't think the Jedi were bad. That's he's... what I'm saying. Right. This... I'm giving, I'm oh, giving his listeners version. his version. version of the story so oh, that they it, understand. Because they obviously saw <clears throat> Kenobi. Right, right, So right. She's, she's with Vader. She likes Vader. They're getting along. And then the Kenobi series is like she's going after Kenobi and Kenobi at some point reveals to her that the guy in the suit is Anakin and she's like what and she like loses her mind she's like I've been fighting for the wrong side the whole time maybe the Jedi were actually good so then she like does some stuff and gets herself killed saving Obi-Wan and that's that that was kind of the original thought there with that character yeah I mean I I don't like the ending for Reva and Obi-Wan Kenobi fell flat for me. I talked about that on our show. Um, I thought that the character should have died. Um, so that's just my take on it. And we'll see what they end up doing with, with the character if they keep going. Um, but I, it always made sense to me that this character would have showed up, you know, in this timeline, that, that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, there's Star Wars, you know, killing another new character and stuff. It's like, yeah, but if they're going to keep living in this space, where there's the most popular movies they've ever made shortly thereafter it, and people are like, where is that character now? They need to kill these characters. You know, Beckett, every movie, you know, the whole Rogue One crew, obviously. It's going to happen because of the timeline. If they want to tell stories 500 years after the Skywalker saga, let everybody live. Go ahead. Make a character, have them in 12 movies. I don't care. But when you are doing these things that are in this pocket of time that takes place between here and here and they're very big important people force users and all this sort of stuff and you're gonna be like ah but they just took a time out during the biggest galactic civil war they're gonna kill these characters that's just how it's gonna be it's not because the writers don't like their characters or something this character was Stuart Beatty's baby he created her before before Jedi Fallen Order and that's you know we got to keep uh, reminding people of that you know this wasn't a retread i know that was something people were saying like oh my god they just copied the video game it's like no they didn't and this guy confirmed it and i like the fact that this guy was so candid about it we could have not found out about any of this (laughs) he could have just not talked about it so i like that he kind of did and he was like well this is kind of kind of what i want to do these are the things i that were my ideas they decided to do this um he didn't even want to have the grand inquisitor he was just going to have her be the only one involved and she was a vehicle to allow 
the reuniting of Obi-Wan and Vader to happen. She wasn't supposed to be like this main big character. So when people are like, give me a Reva series, I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's okay to have supporting characters in Star Wars. It doesn't mean they're not good characters. You, In order to tell a good story, you need main characters and supporting characters. Um, so I, I have no problem with anything he said here. Uh, it looks like some people took issue to the fact that he was saying Vader was going to kill her. That's what I thought probably should have happened. Um, but now we'll see what they do with the character. But I had no no issues with the, a lot of the things he said about a character that he himself created. So who am I to say how he should treat that character? Mm-hmm. Lacey, two things on this story. Um, were you a little thrown that we got so much out of this writer? Um, and then obviously the other thing is just, you know, what are your thoughts on this guy's, what he's saying about this character, how it origi- originated and what it turned into? I am surprised that he's being so open about this script because I feel like this is something that he broke some NDA somewhere. (laughs) I feel like something was broken or he's going to play dumb like he didn't realize he broke something. Um, I'm honestly going to agree with John. I read this and said in my head, this story makes a lot more sense for this character. Uh, I thought it was more interesting i thought it was more impactful to the journey of obi-wan kenobi if he's the one that has and it it brings back the parallel of the luke moment of i'm your father no like that stuff like Mm. the fact that her honestly it reminds me of one of my favorite movies which is coco where you have the main character who's idolizing this other character and then he realizes that the main character killed slash murdered his grandfather yeah and set off the whole course for his family to go through this terrible thing and like have all this pain and he didn't realize the whole time he was idolizing this person that it's like similarly impactful that that's why it's one of my favorite movies because it's this crazy story that you're like, oh my gosh, the hero of our story had no idea. And I feel like that for her would have been even crazier. Um, and mm-hmm. honestly, James, I read this article and I thought of you because a lot of these questions that the writer was saying was things that you were asking during the season that I think people gave you kind of a hard time. And I might have been one of those people, which was like, how does she know it's Anakin? Like, how does Mm -hmm. she know that? And the writer even says that here. Like, how would she know that? Of course, she doesn't know who that is. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole plot there is like, people don't know Vader as Anakin. That's part of his kind of mystery and uh, scariness is that you don't know who that is. And that's why as fans, when we get to the end of Return of the Jedi and you take off the helmet, it's this like crippled, scarred like old man and you're like that's who vader is like you have no idea so i don't know it it was really weird um it's very interesting that he says that quote she was my creation i created reva all the way through which mm-hmm. to me is like him saying hey knock it off i came up with this a long time ago this is nothing yeah this isn't something that just came up later yeah, um and that's at the very beginning of this interview actually that they they put this in the article which he might have not said this to begin with <clears throat> but i find it interesting they also bolded it just so you knew <laughs> um mm-hmm. but yeah that and then the other thing that stood out to me honestly was that he said he was writing this back in 2017 which we knew that stuff was going on But if you look at the things that we've heard going into this series, kind of rumors and whatnot, and the timeline of where things came out, Solo came out in 2018. They're writing this in 2017. Ewan McGregor shows up to Solo, sits with Ray Park as Darth Maul. There's rumors that Darth Maul was going to be in this. They're writing this in 2017. Could Maul have been in this? And then they rewrote it again. Because they claim that they've rewritten it a couple times. And it just... Those little things, I like mm. to think I'm a detective because I like true crime. It just, all the things to me is like with the dates and whatnot, I'm like, okay, this kind of makes sense that he was maybe in an earlier version of this and they wrote him out and then that's when Reva kind of took on this bigger role. That being said, I think you also have a thing here where not only does Star Wars have a villain problem, but I think Star Wars has a diversity problem where they aren't putting people of color in big roles. So they're putting a role like this and making it bigger to give those people a spotlight they deserve. And in that, it's now affecting what the story could have been because they want to give that person the spotlight. Moses was great. She was 
fabulous. She deserved every every second yeah, on screen. But my question is, did the character deserve that story that we got or this story that was intended? Because to me, this story would have been better for that character overall. And I am the biggest person that's like, stop killing everyone. <laughs> Dave Filoni, stop killing everyone. But yeah. in this sense, it made more of an impact of the sacrifice people were willing to make to save Kenobi, to save the twins, to do the right thing after everything they've been through. There was one comment that kind of irked me only because it relates to something that I personally get bothered by, which he did say like, oh, I killed her because she did so much bad stuff like she deserved to die or like, oh, she should have died. Like, why would she live? And that falls back to the Kylo Ren Ben Solo thing of me mm -hmm. being like, that character didn't need to die. You're choosing for them to die. That was my own little thing that I was like, oh, that's a weird comment. Um, but I do agree that I think this story of like her not realizing that's who that is and then getting to the point of being like, oh, my gosh, I've been working for the person that killed all my friends and ruined my life. Like, that is a crazy, dramatic story that I think would have benefited this character more than her knowing the whole time. I don't, yeah. I don't really mind either story. Like, I don't know I that one of I think what we got them, was great also, yeah, by the way. I don't really know that one is better than the other. They're just two different things. I think one thing, too, is is there's always the what if. And a lot of times, it's really easy to to come in and be like, um, not that this person's doing it, but you know, like when I first started on this project, I was going to have explosions and, and lights and pyro, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, it was going to be really crazy. And then as we like sort of shaped everything, I realized why we couldn't do those things and it shaped into what it was. And everybody goes, Oh, well you should have done the first thing. And it's like, yeah, but we couldn't, <laughs> it didn't work. You know, as we were putting everything together it just didn't come out like that. So it's really easy to say that was supposed to be the story, but it obviously didn't become the story for who knows how many reasons. Um, yeah, I guess my devil's advocate argument there sure. would be, why wouldn't you have it go this way? Like what, what reason for what we got is the reason we didn't get this story? So Because I can't figure it out. To be honest, what? like I can't figure out like, oh, except that they wanted to give Moses more time like they did with Poe Dameron or they did with any numerous characters, Steve from That's Stranger Things. That's the only Things. thing I could think of. That is the, the only thing I can think of that they were like, no you know, sense. we don't want to kill her because we like her so much, which has happened before. But what does it matter whether she lived or died at the end unless we're unless we're aware of a season two? Because they want to leave it open ended that if. They could potentially do more with the character, is what I'm saying. So, yes, like a Poe, like a Poe Dameron. In my opinion, Stuart Beatty like created this character oh. as a tool to help bridge Obi Wan and Vader and make the story work for them. She was a device, a storytelling device. They took it when they I made the series, and they're like, but they they, they made it. They gave her more of an arc, uh, I feel like, and 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 they're clearly looking to explore her more um, mm. than he had intended. So, and it's just like again, it's one of those things where I feel like people need to compartmentalize it a bit better in that understanding. You know, this character was made for a purpose, and whether it was Riva or Rovo or an alien or whatever, this character's job was to make his story work that reunites Obi-Wan and Vader and gets them to where they need to be to tell their story. Like Tala. In... Tala's point was to get Leia and Obi-Wan back together. Yeah, and that's the importance of a supporting character. The problem is fans see a character and they're like, that character needs their own series. That character needed a bigger part. And it's just like, you can't do that and make every character have this massive, giant main focus and tell a good story. It just doesn't work. This isn't like follow that bird, you know, where they're just like, let's get every Sesame Street character in and make sure they're all on the screen at the same time and stuff. It's like, I, I think people get too, too wrapped up in it where they're like, I love the actor, so they deserved better. It's like, maybe the actor is a professional and she knew exactly what her role was and that's why she took the part and she nailed it. 
And shouldn't that be enough? You know? Or I, like I said, if I you're going to trap uh, these characters in these time frames, where's Reva in Rebels when the Grand Inquisitor's doing his thing, hunting down Jedi? Like, you need to explain that stuff then in a story that you already told. You have to start retconning and stuff. Like, if you want to create new characters and not get upset about them killing them, then you got to tell them outside of a vacuum where there's already canonized, solid mm. stories told decades prior. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I just think, I don't, I don't feel that, that way. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think that, that Reva is uh, this person's creation, their baby, as we were saying. And I would imagine that even if this was the story that they were telling, this author is still going to elevate that character and put a lot into 100%. that character. So yes. I'm saying like this person still would have been uh, a focus or like one of the three main characters of the show uh later so i'm talking that, about after kenobi that it seems that they're setting something and, up well more then where she's but gonna, then i'm saying you know, but, but then you kept going like, yeah you kept going yeah. so then like but i think her story can be closed just the same kenobi's like leave go away write your own story and it's kind of that thing that i think people Maybe. wanted with ben solo where like she wants out of the fight she doesn't even want to think about it anymore she's just gonna go away and whatever i i mean I don't know that I still have some couple things, both, both stories to me still doesn't like fully explain why Anakin didn't actually just kill her. Like they both assume like, well, what, a, you know, she got away or something, you know, and they kind of gloss over that. And I, I always feel like that was a reshoot. I still stand by that. I think that that scene was a reshoot. There were no extras there. It was just Vader and Reva and Grand Inquisitor. In I'm talking about when she's a kid. Oh, when she was a kid. Okay. I still don't Maybe. understand that. He goes through and there's like five kids in the hallway. He's like, kills one, kills one, kills one. And then she says, I pretended to be dead. And it's like, what? Like, do you really like, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't see what the connection is. There. I, 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 I buy that from a real world perspective. That's like sadly what they're telling kids to do now. Well, yeah, but Vader can feel people. Like the force yeah, still exists. Not when he's blinded by his rage and stuff. In like his look arrogance, when he had, yeah. When he had the ship in front of him, he was tearing that one apart when they were all really on the one right behind it. He gets blinded by his obsessions and they made that a big part of the story. So well, that's not a that's not a problem for me. Well he said he says that in the story. He's like, so <clears throat> she, you know, gets away. He leaves her for dead, basically. But then I think that his later story would have would have held more weight to me in that situation because he could have said, like, I don't know. I just think the Inquisitors should have joined the Empire. Like, they should have felt like that was the way to go kind of thing. I don't know. My Both stories are a little is- weird for me on, on, on Reva. His story makes, like Lacey said, to me, makes more linear sense than what they tried to do where she's like, I'm going to kill Luke for justice. But it's like Anakin, first of all, doesn't know he has a kid that's alive. And second of all, I don't think he would care at this point in his like story. I will admit, so, I'm still not entirely sure we have a good grasp on the end of that and what her purpose of going back to Tatooine and all that was. I don't think they did either. <laughs> I don't know. It so- felt very... Felt, felt very odd to me. I just want to quickly jump in. So one of the quotes that I'm like kind of stuck on was that he was saying how he, quote, felt she had to die. She claimed it was over. It's done. So that was that was her role to play. She'd done so many terrible things. I felt she had to die. Laughs. You can only redeem so much. So like that's I feel what John is saying is that she was there to bring Vader and Kenobi together, but then also convince Vader that Kenobi is gone so that mm-hmm. he no longer looks for Kenobi. And then that's yeah. it. The way right. they ended it in the series now is Vader, like the Emperor's like, oh, just let him go or something like that. So, <laughs> right? So she got she got sort of the Vader redemption, the Kylo Ren redemption, where it's like you 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 do something good to exonerate yourself, but you have to pay a price for it. But my thing is, did she really even do anything good? All she did was spare Luke. She still scared the crap out of him and like made him fall down a cliff. Oh, yeah. And I'm saying in, in Stuart Beatty's original story, oh, she yes. helps Kenobi. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so they, they they changed it around for, for whatever reason. Um, I still really like what we got. 
Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I'm just criti- criticizing saying like it fell a little flat for me. It felt a little confusing and it still does. Um, doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Star Wars is sometimes quite confusing and doesn't always <laughs> have to make the most sense. It's Star right. Wars, you know, right. yeah. take it too seriously I feel like, I feel but. like her ending in, in the show as it stands right now, I think when we were doing the review of the final episode, we all three had different kind of viewpoints on that as the, like, what was her purpose of going back and trying to find Luke? Um, and the way the viewpoint, the perspective that I had on it, I feel like gives me a little bit more closure on like, that makes sense to me. And therefore I'm like, okay, more okay with it than I think you guys are. Whereas the way you saw it, you're like, that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, that's cause I, I don't think that's what the point of that scene was, but I Hold do on. know when that we Cannon... watched the show though, I did yeah. say that it did make sense. And I argued for why it did make sense. So I see it both ways. I'm just saying mm. I prefer this version. When we talked about the last episode, I said that I actually liked. Well, this the version wasn't sense. a part of the discussion at that time. We were just right. We were just talking about how we prospectively saw the ending and what her purpose was. So well, you're saying it was clear. You saw it a different way, but then you still agreed with mine. Is that what you're saying? Because you you were saying that we didn't agree with how she ended. I said that I was one of the people that was like, I actually see that she was playing the role as showing that Kenobi cared, where he didn't care in the beginning <laughs> of the series. That's what I was arguing for. I just prefer this one compared to that one. I'm a little Do you know what I mean? And, now. No. And, and, and <laughs> we, we may... Look, we may see... We have four we different versions things, now, so it's yeah. like... <laughs> we may see it differently. To me, it was like really clear what her intention was because they... Owen or Baru asked her and she said, why are you doing this? She said, justice. And right, what that means right. is justice. like vengeance. <laughs> so she's killing Luke thinking it's going to like be payback to Anakin in a way. I wonder but if to this me, guy... that doesn't work. It does like, it yeah. I wonder work. if this guy was like, she wasn't supposed to know anything. How does she know Luke's his kid? Cause like in this <laughs> interview, he basically is like, yeah, she didn't know anything. And then they're well, like, imagine it's gotta be tough creating a character from scratch. And like, mm-hmm. you're no longer the writer. It's like George Lucas watching like, you know, Luke and stuff like that. he probably had different ideas to some extent. It's gotta be very tough to see something you created and someone else takes it and like, now it's this. Or like when you're a little kid, you oh give someone your gosh. action figure. They're like, they're this now. You're like, no, they're not. No, they're I would not. have loved to watch the series with this guy and him be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Do you think that he has a problem with no. the way that the series ended up? Do you think this article is a complaint where he's like, yeah, in my version, it was way better. Or do you think I... he's, or he's saying like, no, it's interesting because this is how it's, it, she yeah, was shaped. I... I, I, I think if you were to him. ask him, he'd say, no, yeah. he has no problem. But based on the words that he's choosing and the phrasing he's using, it sounds like he's not happy with the way Reva turned out. Because yeah. the way f- for him to say, I created that created character. He created her all the way through. All the way through. Yeah. yeah. And then to me says. <laughs> right, we're just hearing to, that differently, I think. But to me, that phrasing means I created her from start to finish and they yeah. changed that. He created no, the character. No, that to me Everything is like her. all the changes were my decisions. Like that's my character and I saw oh, that's it all interesting. the way through. No, I don't see it that way, but no, that's interesting. No, 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 no. He created the character. Everything about that character, person, personality, history, he made that. Her, what they she knew, what she didn't know. Yeah. Her journey in the show, they changed. I don't know about he that. He created a complete character. That's it depends on and what we know about this person and their 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 writing. So was 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 this person he his only job was to create the character and create the backstory for the character and then no. handed it off and then somebody else fit no, them dude. into the story? No, he wrote the movie. I know that. So that's why oh. I'm saying which was a trilogy, right? Did we talk about that yet? He had an outline for two more. For they two weren't more. like it. locked in or anything. But so, he had so then what you're saying more. is he was he was involved in the movie, but he was not involved in Kenobi. Right. Uh, he wrote the movie. He wrote Maul the script Shane. for the movie. He had he yeah. was the one writing the movie. And then they took it and made it a series, and he's like, see ya, pals. And they gave it to Jose Namini. He started writing it. 
see ya, pals. What what else has this guy written? Do we know? Um, I'm not sure. Fallen order. But then Hossein Hossein <laughs> Amini. <laughs> I mean, Hossein maybe. Amini took over. Maybe. And he made it too dark, so they fired him, and then they brought in Joby Harold, and then the guy this from is, uh, I, Andrew, um, I have a too Andrew much Stanton hard time finding Nemo. I just have too much hard time following like there was like 50 writers on any project and like how how are we really supposed to know like who did what and who said what along the way and where the idea chart oh he wrote the story for the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie that's pretty Ooh, good I love that Col- movie that collateral. is a perfect that is a perfect movie Pirates of the Caribbean one <sighs> perfect collateral Australia not um, great <laughs> Well, co- no, Collateral was very good. No, I'm think, saying Australia. Uh, it won yeah. a, sa- a satellite award for best original screenplay. I've never won one of those. I don't think it did that well. I mean, but, right now, Elvis yeah. is out and people are talking uh-huh. about all of Baz Luhrmann's movies and people have been thumbs downing Australia as like a miss for Yeah, him. it's probably not good. I, I love Moulin Rouge, how you win a satellite not, not Australia. Yeah. But Pirates 1 rocked. I love Pirates. We should do a Pirates yeah, I, podcast. So to end this, you, you're taking this as like a little bit of a, a bitter, like he wanted to clarify that his character kind of got, <laughs> I just got away from knows? him or something. I bet it, it could be something as much as like people are like, you wrote that character? And he's like, all right, I got to set the record straight here. Here's the deal. This is what I wanted. That's what I'm saying. See, that's how I took that phrasing. It's like, yeah, yeah. I initially did all of this, but that's not bitter. what I put on paper. That's he not what I well handed walked, off. He may have walked away from the project when it became a series because he didn't want to do TV. So I don't think it's a bitter thing. I don't think it's like the heavily implied rumor that Trevorrow leaked his episode nine script or when people were the, like, JJ stinks. Or like yeah. the Lord and Miller kind of snarky they, comments. They I feel like this is just a, a hey. Yeah. yeah, this is just a hey, I handed this off and it's not what I thought it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you like people could say George Lucas was bitter in that 60 Minutes interview when he's like, I gave them my stories and they didn't want them. You That's know? what I was thinking in my head. Like there's a comparison to draw of like, you know, I gave them all this cool stuff and then they didn't use it. So Yeah. Um. Oh anyway. well, it's cool to hear that <laughs> yeah. though. I I, I, want, I want to hear more of this. You know, I would love to hear like the true story of Rogue One. That's been pretty sealed up pretty well on like how that all went under- down. You know. Yeah, I don't understand why that kind of stuff is bad to know. I I, I agree. love I hearing cool. about production. I love hearing about like character creation and how things have changed over time. I mean, we hear those things with George Lucas and how Star Wars changed from beginning to end. So like, why is that any different from nowadays? It's got this like negative kind of vibe around it where it's like oh because it changed it's bad and it's like no that doesn't mean anything well because remember j J. w rinsler was like they wouldn't let me write my book the making of uh force awakens remember that right right that's like that's it right there like that's that's proof i think the reason they don't want to do this stuff is because people don't this these days look at this stuff like history they look at it as the what if and if they don't like something then they can they can pull and cherry pick the what if and see that that would have been so much better and it's not in the right hands like i would so spoiler alert oh it came yeah um the continuity this already happened that was was a couple days ago um you still have that box I know I should have thrown the box out. Weird. Sorry, sorry Jim. <laughs> yeah, I I feel that um, if I was working on a project and I had a bunch of rough drafts, and then I you know we we made the decisions that we made, and then somebody came along and wanted to publish all those rough drafts, I'd be like, no, those were bad ideas. And if people don't like what I ended up doing, they'll find the stuff in the rough draft mm, that they like, mm. and they'll turn it into how I messed it up along the way. So like Colin please, let's not do that, and let's just keep our rough drafts hidden. Oh, uh, I'm the exact opposite, man. No, I, 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 like, I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. You're saying you wish that stuff was out there. I'm saying most for fans their sakes, would not be that way. I know they would. Know. They don't want that stuff out there because fans are already 
you know, pushy enough that they'll pull from that and make it a bigger deal. You know, we're already like Kathleen Kennedy should be fired and and Bob Chepek is the worst. See, no, no, no. I'm saying we like I'm saying Star Wars fans. Yeah. Yeah. Just Um, I don't want someone clipping that out from you, James. No, I understand. I I mean, even even, you know, today or yesterday. Well, last week, I should say. Um, there was that article of like, you know, unanimously voted that Bob Chepek is staying on for another three years. And it's three like, years, yeah. that's in, in the midst of us being like, apparently nobody likes him and there's rumblings and he, you know, it's a, he's terrible and all this stuff. And then they unanimously voted that well, he like board, led the ship exe- through the crisis. An executive board voting is different. Like well, all the people at the top voting, but everyone else Who's getting breadcrumbs is like this guy. That seems sucks. to be a real theme but the for this country. Is that he's <laughs> getting kicked out. You know, like they're going to kick him out, and they are not going to kick him out because the people who can kick him out are all unanimously voting to keep and him in. Money. So yeah. that argument of they are upset and they are going to get rid of him is not a valid one. So, I don't mm, know. Mm-hmm. but anyway, that we have another story to talk point. about, um, and that is uh, some movie news. Although it is not very much news. Because uh, Taika Waititi right now is doing the press run and all that stuff about the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder. And of course, he's going to get asked about Star Wars. In an interview with The Wrap, he said, uh, you know, they asked uh, principal photography, is it a long way off? And he's like, yeah, it's not happening this year. Uh, I'm, I'm reading verbatim what he says here. I'm going to be in New Zealand from August until the end of the year with Our Flag Means Death and Time Bandits. And during that time, I will still be writing. I'm still trying to figure out what the story is, end quote. So if you're looking forward to that uh, Taika Waititi movie happening sooner than later, it is happening later. (laughs) That's the best way to put it. Lacey, thoughts on Taika Waititi saying he's still working on the story. Maybe he hasn't even started. He'll be trying to figure out the story in the future when he's working on these other projects. So it's funny, the news this week, the first story, I thought of James when I read it. The second story, I was thinking of John when I read it, because I was like, poor John's not getting a Star Wars film anytime soon. <laughs> this is after you went on a whole thing being like, I Why am I going to London? Um, I'm going to throw something out there, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's just a vibe I'm getting, feeling, I'm get, like a gut feeling. I think that Lucasfilm slash Disney has said that they want to put a pause on movies, but they don't want to say that out loud. I think that they're putting their focus into TV and they've told people like Taika, take your time. No rush. You want more time? Take it. Patty, you want more time? Take it. We're focused on TV right now. We don't need to focus on a movie. We'd rather you take the time to make a really good movie when everything's figured out and COVID has calmed down and traveling's a little bit easier, and then we'll come back to it. I don't think that's, that's wrong. Getting. They did a movie and the movie was like, eh, like a couple movies were like, eh, and then they did a couple TV shows like Mandalorian season one and two. And they're like, hooray, everybody loves that. And they're like, okay, let's rethink movies for a long time. It's now. cheaper. No travel except for Andor, obviously, but mm-hmm. that was shot before COVID or like right at the end of COVID or I don't know, during COVID. What, what year is it? Uh, before, during or after it was one of those. Yeah. But, uh, Kenobi and Mandalorian stuff are mostly shot in Manhattan Beach and, you know, in California in a closed location where they have control over it. It is cheaper than going on location. Obviously, there's limitations. We've talked about it before. But to me, I'm just getting this feeling that their priority isn't the movies. And that's coming from Celebration. That's coming from all these people that are involved, like the Ryan Johnson stuff, where they're basically saying, hey, Ryan's busy right now, but he'll call you back, leave a message after the tone, uh, and <laughs> he'll get back to you about the Star yeah, Wars Everybody's movie. too busy for Star Wars. That's what's happening right now. I think everyone's busy, and I think Star Wars has deprioritized their movies. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think they're really focused on television because they've seen a lot of success and Disney's seen a lot of success. So Disney's going to follow the money right now. If, and the money if, is in Grogu. If what Lacey is saying is true, John, it's not that they don't have time for Star Wars. It's that Star Wars is saying, we're not ready for you yet. Hold. We're shifting. Yeah. Uh, or have shifted. Hur- hurry up and shifted. wait. Kind of thing. What are your thoughts, John? 
because he shot Thor in the middle of COVID on the volume on location and he pushed that movie out pretty quick. You're telling me that he couldn't do that for Star Wars? He's done so many. He's done. He's doing another season of uh, that pirate show, mm-hmm. which he had death and he wasn't even supposed wrote. to be the character. Right. He he's the character. Didn't he write it as well? Uh, sure I think so. It. I th- yeah, I think he, I think he was like producing the show or whatever. But it, there was a recent interview where he said he wasn't even supposed to be in it, and then someone right. was like, "You should be in it." And then like they worked things out, they <clears> flipped <throat> some schedules around, and so he's like, "All right, fine, I'm Blackbeard." I'm just saying that if you look at the track record of movies in the past, like say The Rise of Skywalker, they switched directors, switched writers, did all this stuff, pushed that movie out, and what eight months was it? You're telling me that they can't do that with Taika's? I think they told him, take your time. You got other projects? Do it. We've got time. Or they I mean, told JJ him- JJ was signed over two years before it came out. I know, but the production itself and the, the writing and everything was very rushed <laughs> from the moment it switched and everything with The Rise of Skywalker. It was a very short period of time. He even openly said that numerous times in interviews that it was a very quick turnaround with the editing and everything. So I just feel like with Taika, yeah, I just, I think they're, they either told him, hey, we've got some time, take it, or he said, I need more time, and they said, okay. And they did that for Patty, him, and Ryan. The only one that seemingly, it seems like all these people are still writing. Like Michael Waldron's like, yeah, I'm writing. Taika, yeah, I'm writing it. Patty, yeah, I'm working on the story. Yeah. So, sorry, John. <laughs> no, I mean... I, I agree with some aspects of that, but sure. I don't think Disney is like okay with one of their biggest IPs not making movies. And that's fair. Which, that's totally fair. Um, so I think Ryan Johnson, if he was like, yeah, I want to make my Star Wars trilogy, Kathleen Kennedy would be like, all right, let's go. I think he's the one who's like, I'm good right now. Netflix so, money, murder mystery. Yeah. yeah. Benioff and Wise were like, yo, we're good. See ya. Um, and then who knows about the Kevin Feige thing? Um, Kathleen Kennedy, like, remember that, that weird quote where she was like, uh, yeah. that, that rumor, Michael like, Waldron's what? like, your oh, writers hi. out there talking about it. <laughs> hi. Um, and then with Taika, yeah, I agree. He works fast and he doesn't seem to have hiccups and he seems like he's a very professional in terms of time, time frames and stuff he like that. He breathes creativity. You can't tell me that yeah. guy doesn't have ideas. So. I think what could be happening is they're like reassessing what to do about their movies. So I partially I agree with what you're saying, Lacey. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we had been told by people who have spoken to people inside the sacred walls who who say multiple people there's a lot of rumblings from inside the famed walls of Lucasfilm, whether it be the San Francisco office or that shiny new Burbank office that I was right about a couple years ago. How you doing? Um, I, that their movie department's in trouble, that they're struggling uh, with that big trouble was the word that was being said, that their major feature films were in big trouble. So I don't think it's like a deliberate thing like, we're good. We're good. We have all these ideas, but we're just good for now. We're going to wait on the movies. I just think they, they're not, they don't, they didn't have a plan on what to do after episode nine. It's like, it's like, you know, a squirrel gathers up all their nuts for winter and he's like, I'm so good right now. And then it's like, there's a lot of winter left and he's out of nuts and he's like, Oh no, now what do I do? Like, I don't think they planned what really to do after the solo movie, which was George Lucas's idea. Rogue one, which was, uh, uh, what's his name? John Knowles idea. Mm -hmm. John Knowles idea. And then they had the trilogy and they're like, oh, we're good. We're sitting fat. We got these five movies. We're good for the next eight years. And now I think they just don't know what to do with movies right now. So I think mm-hmm. it's a, a, I think it's a creative issue. Mm. Um, and then it seems like also people aren't running to Star Wars to make their movies. Look at Zack Snyder now. He's like, I'm going to go do a Star Wars movie, but it's just not going to be Star Wars. Oh, it looks so good. I keep saying that every episode, but it does look. Yeah, what are you talking I don't about? Think so. Are you talking about just like pictures? A couple concept art rebel moon mm-hmm. his video footage that he's putting up and stuff and mm. photos and whatnot i just, just think the people that are involved in the project it just i i feel like i don't know if it's lucasfilm or disney but i just feel like star wars isn't uh 
as cool as it was seven Ooh. years ago for filmmakers. For filmmakers. That I don't think it's like... statement. Oh, I want to go work on Star Wars so that all these people can rip me apart for the next three years after I make this movie. I, like, I'm all Just set. Just three years? And, Kathleen, <laughs> and Kathleen Kennedy's, like, been out saying, we don't want someone to show up and just make a movie and bounce. She wants someone to make, like, a 10-year commitment, and they clearly have not found that person yet. Long-term I'll tell you right commitment. now, there's 0% chance she didn't at least ask Jon Favreau, who's, like, the king of making movies right now. Every movie he makes turns to gold. Like, she mm -hmm. probably asked him, he's probably like, no, I'm good. I'm doing my thing, doing my Mandalorian mm -hmm. thing. They're, they're looking for that person that she said they're trying to find, and they haven't found them yet. So, I think that's the biggest I, issue. I, st I still, like, kind of like i obviously believe in kathleen kennedy and i believe in lucasfilm they've they've done some really good stuff and yeah. they were able to turn around five movies in five years so it's like they can manage that type of thing now the television shows are happening over here too um but i mean john favreau and dave filoni kind of have that on a lock they seem like they're really running the show over there and as far as like kenobi goes that okay that's the one show that they're doing maybe acolyte too um but it's like i don't i don't i don't fully buy that they're like movie they they really don't know like what the heck is going on and i kind of am basing that a little bit on my own personal experience of saying Kathleen Kennedy as a producer is not producing and then a few weeks later she announces 10 Star Wars projects <laughs> and now I know that not all of those have come to fruition but it seems like when that announcement came out I was like oh they really are working on stuff they're working on a lot of things and sometimes I think we hear these stories about people who are not working on a, a project we're like well when it, you know when is that ever going to get announced and it never does because they're probably working on so many different things and they're really just wanting to figure out what they think is going to hit right because they're working on like five projects, five movie projects all at once. And we only know about like I, four, yeah, three I, of I, them, you know, or whatever. I, I'm just trying to go pe put pieces together though, man. Like yeah, going by that. Kathleen Kennedy's actual words. Like she's saying she wants one person to be the shepherd of the movies mm -hmm. for 10 to 15 years. And no one's like, they haven't found someone, which means like all these people are just like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. the, so mm -hmm. I have never claimed to be a good detective. And I honestly think that you are, for instance, like John, like I think you see the tea leaves and you're able to put together a pretty good picture most of the time. Um, I, I just have always found that Thanks. I, I think people leave out what they don't know. Like we look at all the evidence saying there's been no movies, there's been no talk, you know? And it's like, but we don't know what's happening behind the scenes and there's probably a lot of talk happening and a lot of production and a lot of moving forward and a lot of moving pieces. And it's like, it's easy to say nothing's happening over there, but I always feel like there is something happening, you know? What are the chances you that really Kathleen nothing's Kennedy, happening, you know? If you get a Kathleen Kennedy interview, especially with someone as good as like Anthony Bresnikan who asks real questions because he's mm -hmm. a real journalist, you're gonna be able to get some pieces of the puzzle and maybe it's not like a power corner piece where you can really build out but you're gonna get something and be like that looks okay I, I can identify that and then she also said this over here two months ago and then last year she said this so and you start trying to put it together mm -hmm. and i think like paying attention anytime we get a kathleen kennedy interview i'm like oh man yeah let's see what we can get out of this because it makes me excited <laughs> because i feel like she forgets maybe sometimes what she had said previously and you're able to connect dots and um you know she goes into these interviews like with prep from a pr team and making sure she knows what to say and stuff she, she probably gets the questions in advance for the most part um that sort of thing but i i really like getting interviews from her because i feel like they're fewer and fewer and far between than they used to be um so it's always like like this juicy morsel like we're gonna get some legit info here and we have to hold her to a word because she's the president of the studio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having heard both those sides, is there anything you wanted to add, Lacey, or should we move on? I think I'm good. I think okay. I've said my point on uh, what I think is going on with the movies. Hopefully I'm wrong. I want to be very wrong and they happen quicker because I mm. love Star yeah, Wars. I but... Oh, man. I miss yeah. sitting in that damn theater. <sighs> so good. Um, well, maybe you can go see Obi-Wan Kenobi in like one run or something. <laughs> I know. I'll just <laughs> go see Top that. Gun again. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so a couple of the things that happened, uh, since we're on the subject of Taika Waititi, um, it was reported that he was... Uh, how, how is this? Correct me if I'm wrong here. It was reported that he was acting... And then he it confirmed that he was just directing or the other way around. Flip. Yeah. Flip. So it was originally reported that he was directing some episodes of The Mandalorian, but then they later changed it to he's just involved with or doing some, um, right? Something. Uh, IG-11's back, baby. Yeah. Is that what it is? I don't think that's, that's what uh, it is. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? It just says he's acted. That's basically Yeah. He, he's he's, he's going to play a with, writer who's working on a story. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, if you want to take a look, uh, we got the whole story on uh, Star Wars Newsnet, including the original report and then how Slash Film updated it. But uh, it kind of just goes to show that Taika Waititi is yet again going to be involved in The Mandalorian, which is cool because obviously we all really like him. Um, one other thing we also wanted to mention too is that Tamara Morrison was doing an interview and he was asked about, you know, some video game work and he went on and on about how difficult it is. In fact, he said it was more difficult than acting because um, you got to do multiple takes and all sort of stuff. And they were like, well, you ever come back and do like a, a sequel to this video game? And he's like, oh, I don't know about all that, but you, video games in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I'll let you know when we can say stuff about it. He really didn't allude to anything more than it seems like he's doing some Star Wars video games. So if you want to put on your hat and speculate a little bit about what Tamara Morrison might be working on, um, it could be more clone stuff, but it also could be Boba Fett stuff. So I don't know, maybe look forward to getting some news about some Star Wars video games, including one of his many characters. Um, that's going to be it for Resistance Report this week. I want to send it over to Lacey for our next segment. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNNNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. Or you can follow us on any of the audio platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. It helps us out. Um, but if you want more than that and you want to support what we're doing here now and in the future, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starting at just $2 a month. You support what we're doing with the show and the content we want to create and us as content creators, which is really awesome and our love for Star Wars. Um, and as you go up in the ranks, you get more access. So this is part of the show where we let our generals and spice runners be a part of the show. We ask them a question. They give us their answer. We talk about it. So before we get to that, I do want to say thank you to those people. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Trollton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Samuel Zelke, and Val Trichkoff. Sam, still don't know. Samuel. <laughs> Zilk! And... And right. our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan War, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, and Jeremy Myers. Thank you guys so much. And Thomas, awesome job on the spice run last week. You can check that out on our page. Um, and this week, we have another spice runner, Jeremy Myers. What up, Jeremy? Uh, his question was, how has the Obi-Wan Kenobi series changed how you'll view and absorb certain aspects of A New Hope? Jeremy, take it away. Hey, what's up, guys? So after watching the series for me, it just solidified, um, you know, Obi's uh, compassion and love for the the kids um, as a whole. Uh, you know, he did whatever it took to protect Leia, and he was going to self-sacrifice uh, to make that make sure that she was safe, and uh, that's what he wanted for Luke as well. He was willing to uh, to leave and move on. Um, I don't think it changed too much of uh, my perspective of A New Hope, though, because the outcome we kind of knew, and they did a good job of uh, tying it together, I think, well. Uh, one thing I in rewatching A New Hope was the realization that the last thing that Obi sees before he turns to Vader and dies is Luke and Leia reunited. So that was uh, an interesting, uh, I guess, little uh, connection there. I don't know. That's what I saw, at least. 
But miss you guys from Celebration. Hope you're all well. Jeremy out. Nicely done, Jeremy. Awesome to see you. John, what'd you think? I Yeah, I mean, good answer. He kind of, in other words, said that they did such a good job with the show that it didn't, in a weird way, didn't make him view A New Hope differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's cool. Um, but I did like how he brought up that it now made him really realize the last thing Obi-Wan Kenobi ever sees is the, is the twins together, which in Star Wars, when you first watch it, you're like, oh, that's just, that's cool. But now when you yeah. watch it, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, it just adds, it adds more emotion to it, um, which is cool. So I, I think you did a great job, Jeremy. Um, you did say it was going to be a hard one to do, but you knocked it out of the park, man. So, and I miss you too, buddy. One of the best hugs of Celebration 2022 goes to Jeremy Myers. Great hugger. Um, (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. James? There is so much about Kenobi that I think it's going to change, you know, our views on A New Hope and Return of, you know, like all of them uh, that we haven't even really uncovered. And I mean, like, I've watched the series twice all the way through now, and... I'm st- I still like didn't pick up on like that specific connection that Jeremy points out. And it's interesting too because now that he said that even since watching the pod race I'm like, "Oh man, I'm probably going to think about a new hope even more in the light like I knew from Return of the Jedi that Obi-Wan knew Leia was, you know, in Return and Revenge of the Sith. I knew that, but I think this story and Jeremy saying what he's saying is like even more emphasizing like I should rewatch the movies with the understanding that Kenobi knows who Leia is. Um, you know, so I think I think there's that and a and a bunch of other reasons that we could talk about another time, but you know, if they didn't really connect with uh Jeremy, maybe they will in the future and maybe there's still um hope <laughs> for uh a, a, to look at things like in a completely different way when you when you rewatch it a, a second or third or a 30th time uh i don't know it, i i just always love that new stories kind of change the way we look at uh the old stories so yeah good good uh good on you for bringing that to my attention too awesome job jeremy we definitely miss you too it was awesome to hang out with you celebration have you at the dinner it was a great time um I loved your moment. I think that's something that's kind of stuck with all Star Wars fans. I also saw one online, uh, which I thought of, but I didn't like put it together completely until I saw it on video, which was when Leia gets rescued by Luke and she goes, I'm here. He goes, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she goes, Ben Kenobi, where? Like that moment means so much now, too, because she's like so excited to see him. Um, Awesome job. We love having you in the resistance. And we'll talk to you soon. Back to you, John. She sees him. She's like, that's him. Oh, man, he aged like milk. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, that's pretty much the end of the show here. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Hope you liked our takes on the news. And no, even when we're critical or questioning things, it's always because we're rooting for Star Wars because we love it so much. Uh, just like when you root for a, your favorite sports team and you're like, I can't believe they did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> But anyway, thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Spread the word. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your preferred platform, whether that's audio or video. And as we said before, StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, Johnny Hoey on Twitter, writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet. And uh, movie podcast, just like the movies, we just put out our episode on Jaws. And I tried Narragansett beer, and it's pretty good. Uh, James. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gellerin. All right. So we hope everyone has a wonderful week. It is technically the 4th of July. We didn't really say that at the top, but happy 4th of July, everybody. Hope you enjoy your day off. And if you're catching us later, uh, thanks for stopping by. But we will see you on our normal schedule on Thursday uh, right here on the Resistance broadcast. So until then, we'll see you around, kids. <laughs>